Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammy. Cammy, hi, Bryant. What up, Cammy? Um, one more month, and it's the year's done. Oh, yay! We're at the end, twenty twenty-two. I know, yeah. So, everyone, welcome. You know, Mystery is a show we talk about myths and legends. Uh, we've got a fun topic today. We're going into the crusty stuff in the corner of your eye when you wake up, the Sandman. But we missed a couple of weeks. We took some time off for Thanksgiving, so we we appreciate you guys bearing with us. Um, I'm also going through the process of kind of revamping older episodes when we didn't really know what was going on uh, on how to actually make things sound good. And so uh, we're going to, yeah, get the older episodes a little fresher and cleaner. Um, We've also taken out some that are unsalvageable, but you can actually get access to those. So if you really do, just feel free to get in touch with me and I can uh, show you how. But anyway, Cammie... We're talking about the Sandman. This is actually a really interesting topic, right? Yes. It goes back a lot further than I imagined. I thought it was going to be just a European folktale. But it and, well, I'll break your that. heart right now. I'll rip the Band-Aid off. It, it, you're right, but like a lot of like European, Scandinavian stuff, nobody wrote anything down until right. they became Christians, but then they weren't going to write that down. So they were like, can't do that. It's not Jesus. He's not sprinkling <laughs> sawdust in your eyes. That'd be cool. Anyway, <laughs> Cammy's got a story, and then I'll talk a little bit about some of that origin of where the Sandman comes from and all that. Metallica fans, stay tuned. All right, Cammy, take it away. <laughs> okay, so I used uh, Greek legends and myths for this, and I also used the... There's Okay, so on YouTube, there is a thing called Audiobooks for Smart Kids. <laughs> oh, nice, yeah. Um, and it's Hans Christian Andersen's, um, Ole Luke Oli. Lukuja. I think it's Is that how you say it? Because that's not how they were saying it. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Look, I don't know how smart the kids are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The kids are smart, but the makers aren't. I'm pretty sure it's in Dutch. I, I never looked up how to pronounce it either. So maybe I'm just misremembering, but, um, and they they do they spell it two ways too like one in the Scandinavian and one they use like an English oh okay spelling so I don't know. In the evening, after supper is warm the bellies of children, and they are sent to their rooms. A kindly stranger quietly sneaks up the stairs or down the hall, and joins the children. When he opens their doors, he flicks the sweetest milk into their eyes so that they cannot see him. Then he breathes upon their necks until their heads are too heavy to move and they drift off to sleep. When they are lightly snoring, he takes out one or one of two umbrellas and opens it above their heads. The one he opens for good children is full of beautiful stories of adventure and happy frolics in the meadow. The one he opens for children who have been bad that day is empty and gives them restless, dreamless sleep. He is the Sandman. This god of dream is always busy keeping the children in their beds throughout the night. But he wasn't always a simple bard dictating the realm of sleep. Many years ago, when the first storytellers did not know writing, so they could not only so they could only convey their words through song, the Sandman, then known as Morpheus, had a duty to the other gods. He would deliver the messages of the gods that they could not bear to convey. There was one such a night when Hera, disturbed by the Queen of Thessaly's prayers for the safe return of her dead husband lost at sea, 
sent word to Morpheus that he must be the one to deliver the message of sorrow to the widow. He agreed and came to her in the night, drenched in salty waves in the form of her husband. When she extended her arm to bring him to her, he disappeared. The queen woke with a start and sobbed, for she knew her husband was gone. She went to the shore in her dressing clothes and saw the horror of her dead husband floating against the rocks. As she went to fling herself onto the rocks, the gods took pity on her and turned her into a kingfisher. They too gave life to the king's bloated corpse, and he rose out of the water as a kingfisher. The two now live out their days happy together again. Interesting. That's cool that you... Was that... Was that in the original story, tying at Morpheus and the no. Sandman? Oh, okay, <laughs> no, it no. went on through. It was. It was to me. It was convoluted. Sure. Because he went through seven days of like this kid having the Sandman visit him, yeah. and it just it was a little boring. Sure, so sure. just just to be honest, so I no, went to that's great. the Greek. Yeah, and that's that is kind of where it it like it's it's tough. Like I'll, like I said, I'll rip, ripping the bandaid off. The Sandman is is clearly in um, European folklore. I, I kind of say like think of the Viking countries, so like um, Scandinavia, the Danes, that sort of uh, Dutch. There, there's there's a clear like there's a clear figure who sprinkles crap in your eye. Like that's that's kind of the the the, the characteristic that these guys have. They have different names. Like in in Dutch, they call him Klaus Vok, like a Hans Christian Andersen. Or no, Klaus Vok might be Danish, and then. Hans Christian Andersen writing Ole Luxia that goes from like the Dutch thing. And it's, it's sort of the sprinkling stuff. I think what's really interesting though, from this is that it seems like, and again, to reiterate, there's no, there's no like old source. There's no like Nordic rune that says like, Oh yeah, the Sandman is coming to sprinkle stuff in your eyes. So it's, so it's very much, you know, like we've talked about Hans Christian Andersen before, uh, and the fairy tales, and and he he's kind of a pioneer in just writing this stuff down and getting a coherent universe down, a fairy tale universe kind of set. But these stories are as old as uh, these civilizations are in many cases. But the the one really interesting thing though is it doesn't seem like the Sandman was sinister until the 19th century. It it seems like it was pretty like harmless. And and a, a nicer kind of thing you would tell your kids. Not like in England in the 19th century, you'd be like, Jack's going to kill you if you don't go to bed. It was <laughs> it was just like, oh, the Sandman's coming. He's going to sprinkle in your eyes, and then you'll go to sleep. So and they'd wake up, and they'd be like, what is this? And it's like, oh, the Sandman came. And they're like, yay. Uh, that's what peasants <laughs> were like back then in Scandinavia. So the, the one guy, it seems like, who really changed that was uh, Ernst Theodor Amadeus Hoffmann. E.T.A. Hoffmann uh, was a German author who uh, died in 1822, and he wrote a story that was called Der Sandmann. I think you can translate that. That does sound scary. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's just, it's German, so sure. it's always going to be scary no matter what. Um <laughs> He wrote a story specifically making him sinister. He he had the intent of taking children, of of doing bad things once he sprinkled crap in your eyes. And then that was kind of followed up in Hans Christian Andersen's as well. Um, there's also another one. Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Romanian folklore, most Enna. Uh, but but Bonhomme Sept Euro, uh, which is basically translated, seven o'clock guy. It's like a French version. And this dude is throwing sand in children's eyes in order to blind them so he can capture them. So he's just playing dirty from the get-go. 
in this case, with the intent of taking children. So that that is like that is basically the Sandman in a nutshell. It it really did kind of blow up though in the 19th century, and then by the 20th century, we've got you know the 50s song Sandman. Um, we've got Metallica making Sandman stuff. Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which is interesting. Now I haven't read it. Please don't hurt me. Um, Peter should be here, our our friend who loves Neil Gaiman. Uh, Neil Gaiman's series called Sandman is based off of the Greek mythology as well. I don't know how much of the Scandinavian European influence there is. It doesn't seem like there really is too much to kind of throw in there. But Morpheus is yes, he's he. So he, Morpheus got the idea of being like the god of sleep more in the medieval period because of the associations. After you know they're rediscovering the classics, they're rediscovering Ovid, and that's sort of how they classify it. So it's from the sources I've read of like Britannica and Wikipedia, they they kind of put an emphasis on saying like it wasn't like the the Greeks and even the Romans of Ovid's time were going like he's the god of sleep, but he he was clearly associated with it, and then it kind of became the god of sleep. There were later. several children of Nyx that were the gods yeah. of of sleep and dream, and that's that's right. Yeah, there were yeah there were specific ones. So there was like someone who was a god of it's like nightmares, god of fantasies, god of this, and um, Ovid just really helped uh, in the same way of Hans Christian Andersen. He really helped kind of like give them a, a specific form and figure. Um, the Wikipedia notes like he specifically has. Uh, or a lot of the anyone who's like associated with sleep and dreams has wings and stuff like that. So it's really nice. And I think, you know, I have to say, because Kyle and I literally just rewatched the Matrix trilogy in order to prepare for the new one that's coming out. And cause she hadn't seen the last two, I think, ever. And Morpheus I didn't know there was a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually really excited. Uh, it's, it's oh yeah, one of the characters is named Morpheus. In that. Morpheus, I... Lawrence Fishburne's okay. character, which has unfortunately become like the red pill, blue pill, blah blah blah. But that has a significance too because Morpheus dreams. The Matrix is like a dream. It's a state that is not real. You see where this, these Wachowskis they knew what they were talking about naming <laughs> Neo and Trinity symbolism, y'all. It's there. <laughs> No, it's it's really cool. I I have to just as like a side note, I really enjoyed rewatching the Matrix, all of them, all of them, all three. People crap on the last two, all are good. Okay. I watched all three of those with Abby. She introduced me to. I had never seen it before. Though. Oh, that's then, cool. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, it's a love story. That's that's what it is. It's <laughs> a lot. A love story. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a whole lot. It's a it's a Jesus, Zen, Buddhist. Taoist, Morpheus, crazy savior story. There's a lot going on. So, and I was when I was a kid when I was watching it. So I was just like, yeah, kung fu. But now I'm just like, oh, emotional intelligence and the meaning of life. That's like I'm, I'm more like that now. So, but anyway, um, it, yeah, the, everything is very mo- uh, contemporary. Really, it, it it's the 19th century. The 1800s is when the Sandman really started to come together. And in a lot of ways, ended up getting morphed with Morpheus in a little bit. See what I did there? Um, they kind of <laughs> came together uh, a little while. By the way, and on the Morpheus Wikipedia page, it notes that the, the creator of Morphine, uh, Friedrich Sertner, derived the name Morphine from Morpheus, since it puts you in a loopy state. So that was fun. That's awesome. So, and that's another that that, that just kind of shows you that yeah, the association of of drowsiness, sleepiness, dreamlike states. Sandman. I I just I was kind of hoping we could see um, 
like in Ovid, him talking about Morpheus flinging sand in your face and stuff like that. But it doesn't quite oh, that happen. That would be cool. There's not a direct, yeah, not a really direct connection there. But it's it's also kind of cool too because it does mean Hans Christian Andersen's kind of take on uh, the Sandman and the other stories are, are they really are coming from the, those old stories? But those old stories don't really have any crazy roots, no no writings or anything like that. So really cool story all around. I'm I'm glad we looked into it. It wasn't as wild as I thought but I also I, I while I was aware of Morpheus I usually thought of Lawrence uh, Fishburne so I didn't think of Greek guys now I do think of Greek men and yeah it's it's a nice little story so Cami thank you for bringing a story in that also tied them in together uh, everyone let me know what you think if you're a Metallica fan and you, you just, were just searching for Sandman stuff I'm sorry <laughs> this isn't it's a good song it really is but it's it's uh there's not really much there that I can add to that although Wikipedia does it, it's talked about in their page. I can tell you that for the official Sandman page. But I think that's all I've got. Cami, would you like to add anything? No, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, everyone, uh, enjoy your December, the end of the year. We've got a couple more episodes coming out. Please reach out to us. We've got our link tree in the description. You can watch this on YouTube or listen to us on the current service that you're listening to us on. So continue that, please. And let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any suggestions. If you want us to talk about a myth that we haven't talked about, let us know. We'll do it. We will. I promise. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Oh! Ole Lucas.